like to read a little scripture. It might not help you, but it'll help me. It says, I would not have you ignorant, <clears throat> brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. <clears throat> For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of archangels and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Amen. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet with them to, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then this verse is very good. It says, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Amen. For 32 years, um, Brother Larry has been in this church. And he was my prayer partner, which I prayed by myself just a second ago, in our special place in the office every Sunday. I appreciate a man of God like that. And he went home to be with the Lord about 1 o'clock uh, Thursday afternoon, I believe it was. And um, he was in good spirits Sunday. And he said right as he closed the prayer time in the uh, uh, glory class, he said, I'm praying that I'll be faithful. I think that's what he said, Miss Bird. I was at Morningside filling in for Pete. He said, I'm praying that I'll be faithful until God calls me home. Hallelujah. was his last words. Uh, as prayer leader of the glory class, which he did a wonderful job of every Sunday morning. And so he was in his place. He was faithful. And it's so exciting that God's word's always on time because his life verse is found in the text of the sermon this morning. And so God knew all that. Joshua 1, 9. That's his life verse. And I'm preaching the book of Joshua starting this morning. Uh, the funeral's tomorrow at 1 o'clock at the uh, Ponder's Funeral Home. I would have preferred to have it here, but I don't make that choice. And I'm not going to try to change anything. Just be there. Somebody needs to FaceTime it or Facebook it or something for my daughter in South Africa. She's very close to Brother Larry. He didn't care if he was a PK or what. He... If you ran or cut up in this church, he'd call you down. And he called my children down many times, didn't he, Brother Jason? I mean, mostly Stephanie. Mostly Stephanie. Because yeah. she's never been still a day in her life. Amen. She's like her daddy. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, I had to get it together, and I thought Scripture might be the only way I could do it. Amen. It's comforting to know there's a better place. It's also comforting to know this. Somebody was faithful to the end Amen. and loyal, and he lived for this church. Amen. He lived for this church. I mean, he lived for God, of course. But, I mean, he was here early, and he stayed late. And if you did stay late, you might get the lights turned out on you. <laughs> Say amen, Brother Tom Thomas. He did that all the time. Uh, always said well I guess he wants us to leave amen so we did after that let's go to the Lord in prayer father thank you for the precious memories and thank you for my precious friend 
been a good journey. It's been a, it's been a great ministry together. And Lord, he never sung a song. I don't think he taught many lessons. But God, he was always there in the background, making sure the sound was right, the heat was right, the lights were on. And Lord, I believe that's called being a servant. We thank you for that. Lord, help us to get through this. And uh, Lord, I know he wouldn't want us to mourn as those that have no hope. So we got a lot of hope knowing we're going to be together soon. Amen. It's not good bye. As I always said, it's good night. And so, Lord, thank you so much that uh, after seven years, Brother Larry's with Shirley, and he missed her so much. So, Lord, we thank you for heaven, and Lord, it's all because you took our hell. And if there's one that's lost this morning, help them to realize they shouldn't live beneath their privilege, but this is the day of salvation. This is the time. To get saved. And no greater honor could be paid our dear servant, Brother Larry Reimer, than that somebody gets saved this morning because they realize they're not going to live forever on this earth, but they're going to live forever either in heaven or hell. God, comfort our hearts. Thank you for a church that loves each other. Thank you for a church that's close. Thank you, God, for a church that has best friends. And thank you, God, for a church that prays together. May we step up and fill the gaps, and there'll be many to fill. And we'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 1 this morning. Joshua chapter 1. Been looking forward to this series a long time. And the Lord delayed it for a month or two as we had a greater vision of several things like heaven, hell, the church, most important of all, God. Tonight I'll continue a, me a message I started last week on why bad things happen to good people. And um, I closed the message last week as looking at my notes in that even death can bring glory to God. John chapter 21 verse 19. And I announced that the next funeral I preach, that was going to be the title. So tomorrow at 1 o'clock that will be the title. Sometimes death is used for the glory of God. And definitely our life is used for the glory of God. And I don't believe God has called us to waste our Christian life. The book of Joshua is about the victorious Christian life. It um, parallels to the book, New Testament book of James. That we ought to grow up. Amen. God did not call us to just be pouting, wandering Christians. God called us to be victorious. And, and live with victory. A lot of times people look at this um, analogy of Canaan as, as death. And there's songs that are very unscriptural. It says, when I cross over Canaan into heaven, uh, or heaven is Canaan land. And folks, there's no giants in heaven, and there is no battles in heaven, and there's no sin in heaven, and there's no flesh, and there's no wilderness wandering in heaven. And folks, that cannot be the right analogy. I believe Canaan is a picture of the victorious Christian life. That you ought to go over Jordan to death to self and get in on the victory that was won at Calvary by being a victorious 
Christian, a God-honoring, God-glorifying Christian. And I've known people, so help me, that have lived most of their Christian life wondering, murmuring, pouting, panicking, and just being pitiful. When God has called us to be triumphant and praise God and live in the victory. And this whole book's about that. And I'm so excited about being able to preach through it. And I'm so excited about verse 9, which was Brother Larry's life verse. And so we'll emphasize that. I'll just preach half my message because it's later than it's ever been before. But I want to show you Israel was delivered from Egypt. And that was only the preparation the Bible says that, we've, that Jesus has come to give us life, and life more abundantly. Amen. Uh, the thief has come to steal and to kill, John 10.10. 10. So you can live in any privilege you want to, or you can get in on this victorious Christian life. And I hope you'll enjoy the messages uh, out of Joshua, but not just enjoy them, but uh, try them on for size and live them. Amen? Let's stay in all the Word of God. I'll just go through verse 9. I was going to do the whole chapter, but... Uh, we'll, we'll preach tonight a little bit on why bad things happen to Christians. And uh, it's been requested I sing um, uh, a song, What a Day That'll Be. And I'll try that tonight. I can't do it this morning. But I'll let the choir back me up and we'll have a good time. So be back in church. I guarantee if you want to get on Larry Reimer's blacklist, just skip church. Well, he got all upset. He knew when you skipped church. and he's Or you didn't come to church. And he said, and I tell you, I don't know how people do that. And he'd just all get all upset about it, about people skipping church. And so in his honor, we'll be back here at church. I'll, I'll dismiss at 7 o'clock so you have plenty of time to visit. Or you can come with me at 430, because I'm always with the family when they uh, view the loved one for the first time after death. But uh, you can come at 430 with me. We'll be back here by 6, preaching the Word of God and uh, in our place of faithfulness as he was. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua. Somebody had to step up. And the son of Nun, it's amazing he had no parents. No, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over to this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I give to thee, even to the children of Israel. And every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. And from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even into the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and into the great sea towards the uh, going down of the sun, shall be your coast. And there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people thou shalt divide for inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. Thou mayest prosper, whithersoever. Thou goest. Dropped out on me, brother. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, 
For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. What a promise. And here's the verse. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you that this land is our land, and it's the victorious Christian life that we're talking about this morning. God, thank you that you called us out to call us in. And God, you didn't just call us to be saved, you called us to live the Christian life for your glory. So Lord, help us. Help us to apply these principles through this great book of Joshua, that we might be a mature Christian, that we'd grow up, that we'd be stable, we'd be disciplined, God, we'd be settled, we'd be sober, very serious-minded about the Christian life. God, may we grow through this study. May we get under conviction about our sometimes instability and our fickleness. God, give us faith to live the Christian life as you meant it to be lived. We're going to praise you, and we're going to glorify you uh, through this book. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Israel is a nation that's going to eventually stop wandering, and this great multitude that's wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, uh, Moses now died. He couldn't go into the promised land because he messed up the typewriter and struck the rock twice. But I want to tell you this, friend, Joshua had to fill in the gap. Joshua had to step up. And folks, this book is to Joshua. And I believe this book is to all of us that we need to step up. We need to just fill the gap. We need to be faithful. We We don't need to be fickle. We don't need to be figuring how we can get out of something. We need to step up and get into God's perfect will. I love Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 23. If you'll turn back, I want to give you just a few background verses on this. Deuteronomy 6, 23, the Bible says, And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. Folks, he brought them out to bring them in. And folks, I want to tell you something. Some people got a ticket to heaven, and that's about the last time they've been happy, and they've been holy, and they've been dedicated, and they've been disciplined. Folks, when God brings us in, out of the bondage of sin, He brings us in to the victory of serving the living God and having an abundant life. And folks, I want to tell you something. It ought to be at the end of your life that you're faithful until God calls you home. Uh, that, you're, that you did all you could and all you should. God might not call you to, to sing a song or preach a sermon, but God's called you to be faithful. And God's called you to be in the background doing what you can do and being excited about it. One thing I appreciate about Brother Larry, he was always here early and he, and he stayed late. And he was always uh, uh, bringing in his little old black briefcase. And if y'all knew what was in that black briefcase, y'all would have probably all shuddered. But he was our security team, one part of it. And I want to tell you this, friend, he took everything serious. I mean, he was serious about it. And if somebody was running in the hall, he'd call you down in a second because he was serious about this church life. Well, I'm serious about it too, but I'm going to tell you something. The Christian life ought to be a time that you get serious about what God's called you to do. And God's called you to be faithful. And God's called you to glorify him. He created you for his glory. 
and His honor. He created you to please Him. And I don't believe you can do it half in, half out. I don't believe you can do it lukewarm. I don't believe you can do it indifferent. I don't believe you can do it as a weekend holiday, a, ho a hobby. I believe that it's total commitment. It's total surrender. It's total uh, discipleship. I want you to see, number uh, one, the call from God. In verse one, we see the call from God to claim the land. It says, and, and now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, uh, how would you like to follow somebody like Moses? And it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, what did he say to him? Well, look at verse 2. It says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over to Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I have given to them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your feet foot shall tread upon uh, that have I given unto you, as I have said unto Moses, and from the wilderness, and this Lebanon, even to the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and into the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. You know, the land is ours. God has called us to live in Canaan. God has called us to have a victorious Christian life. The land has already been given to us. Genesis chapter 12, verse 7 says, The Lord brought you out and given you a land promised uh, Abraham that and God didn't save you to be defeated God did not save you to be discouraged God did not save you to be depressed God saved you to have victory in your Christian life there's no need to wonder God has called you to claim the Christian life as victorious what a blessing you know, I look around, and I see a lot of people defeated. I mean, Christians. And they're just as miserable as can be, struggling with sin, for all intents and purposes, wandering in a spiritual wilderness, 40 years and 40 nights. And folks, that's living beneath your God-given privilege. How many know somebody that's wandering in the wilderness? I mean, they just cannot find any satisfaction. He has a place of victorious living and he promised it to you, and you can have it. Romans 8, 37 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? Or excuse me, uh, verse 31 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? And then in verse 37 says, We're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord. More than conquerors. Amen. We ought to not be the doormat for the world. We ought not stop being a question mark for the world. We ought to be an exclamation point that we have victory. I love 2 Corinthians. You want to turn with me to chapter 2, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. And it's a great verse that we ought to claim. I'm talking about claiming the land. He called Joshua to claim the land. He didn't say, go wander 40 more years, Joshua. Just, just wring your hands and wonder if these people are going to stop murmuring because they don't have steak and they only got bread. But look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and I like it, verse 14, the Bible says this, Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to what? Triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the Savior of His knowledge by us in every place. You know, we can know God. We can love God. We can walk with God. And I've had some great friends over these years at this church. I mean, so faithful. So loving, so kind, 
Several of them had the privilege of leading the Lord in their home, and now they're in heaven, and I'm looking forward one day of being with them. But I want to tell you something, friend. There's no friend like Jesus. And there's no companionship like Jesus. And there's no walk that's so pleasurable than to walk with God. And folks, a lot of people are living in the wilderness, walking in their complaining, walking in their flesh, walking with the devil, walking with the world. God's called us to claim the Christian life to be victorious. I like 1 Corinthians 15, 57. I'll probably read it next to the cemetery tomorrow unless I can assign somebody else to do it. But uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 15, the resurrection chapter, you know it. You know it very well, but I want you to see it. Verse 57, it says this, O death, where's thy sting? O grave, where's thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is, is, is the law. But look at verse 57. But thanks be to God, which has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. That's what we need. Folks, I want to tell you something. If you're going to, if you're going to claim the victorious Christian life, you've got to make up your mind you're going to be just, just steadfast. You're going to in season, out of season, when you feel like it, when you don't feel like it, and when somebody pats you on the back or somebody trips you up, you're going to still be steadfast, unmovable, always what? Abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I want to tell you something, everything else is vain. Empty. We talked about that in Ecclesiastes this morning. I'm telling you folks, there's a call upon your life. There's a call to claim. And then there's a call to have confidence. A call to have confidence. Another word for that is faith. I want you to look at, um, uh, back in our text, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. I'm so excited about this timely message. Especially when I get to verse 9, if I do this morning. It says this, verse 5, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. What a promise. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. God speaking, say amen. He'll not fail you. He'll not, he'll not forsake you. Folks, there's a promise there. There's a promise. It's a promise of victory over every enemy. Look at that first phrase. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. There's a promise of victory over every enemy. I don't care how loud they might roar or how the devil might try to deceive you. Folks, if you're not living in victory, it's not God's fault, it's your fault. There's victory in the, in the life with Christ. He will answer the door when the devil knocks on your door. He can take care of him. You're not powerful enough to defeat Satan or the flesh or the world, but I know one who is. And he happens to live in your soul. Say amen. And if you don't live that way, something's wrong, folks. He still gives victory over the enemy. And then number two, there's a promise here, and you ought to have confidence in this, in the presence and power of God. The presence and power of God. Look at verse 5. It says, It says, there shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. And it says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Folks, God was with Moses. 
when God was with Joshua, and the promise of His presence is ever-present. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I mean, he's had to claim that many times, amen? I'll never leave thee or forsake thee. When I first started this church, it was facing this way, and I led um, a couple to the Lord on a Tuesday night. Connie and I went visit on Tuesday night instead of Thursday for some reason because of Thanksgiving. That was it. And um, Dave and Sue Bennett got saved. I know Sue got saved. I'm not sure about Dave. And I remember the first funeral I ever preached in this building was a double funeral, a murder-suicide. Now, friend, if you want to scare a young 27-year-old preacher half to death, just have that happen. And you wonder what you're going to say when half the family hates the other half of the family. Rightfully so, I guess, at that trauma. And I had to claim, Lord, you're with me. And you called me to be the pastor of this church. And you'll not put on anything more on me that I cannot handle in your power and your strength. And I preached on Psalm 23. And souls were convicted. And I got through it. And when I think about what I'll have to do tomorrow, it seems like I've had to preach funerals of little babies. I mean, just lived a few minutes. And God got me through it. And this has hit me harder than all that. I don't know why. Maybe I'm getting older. Maybe I'm getting more sentimental, more emotional. I don't apologize for hurting for people you love. But God is with us. God will help us. God will help us to go on. God will help us to rejoice. And we're the, we're the, we're the craziest people in the world. We're schizophrenic. Amen. We're the only people that can smile and tears can scorch the top of our smile. We're smiling about them going to heaven, but we're weeping because they left us, amen? And we have to miss them. It's our loss and their gain. But folks, I want to tell you what's so wonderful. No matter what you go through, God has promised. We've got to have confidence in this promise that I'll never leave you or forsake you. He's a present help in the time of need, Psalms 46, 1. A present help in the time of need. He's promised, if all ye that are heavy laden will come to me, I will give you rest. Rest for what? Rest for your soul. Not rest physically. We got enough of that. Probably need a little more of it after this week. Folks, listen, the promise of victory over every enemy, that's wonderful. But I want to tell you something, folks. The promise that he's with us no matter what we face, that's wonderful. And if you're wandering in the wilderness out of the will of God, you, don't, you can't have that promise because you're not walking with God, you're backslidden, you're out of the will of God. Folks, you're, you're not spirit-filled, you're flesh-filled, and you're wandering in the motions of this world. And wondering what politician can help you out of the next problem, and they won't, and they can't, like God can. He's the Almighty God. Then number three, I see the promise of the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. Look at verse five, it says this. It says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. But he says, I will not fail thee. 
nor forsake thee. <laughs> Amen. He said it, I believe it, and I've seen it happen. He'll not fail you. And he will not forsake you. He's an all-powerful God. He's ever-present, but he's all-powerful. Folks, when he shows up, he's enough. When he helps you, you will be helped. When he encourages you, you will be encouraged. And folks, all this other pseudo-stuff in this world, it'll never meet your needs. He's all-powerful. He's all-powerful. Look, look at Matthew 28. This is the Great Commission. Matthew 28, real quick. I got to 4 o'clock before I got to be at the funeral home. I'm not in a hurry. Some of y'all look like y'all came to leave, but I'm not in a hurry. Look at this. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, please. Y'all know the Great Commission. Go, teach, baptize. Had two more saved last Wednesday night. One saved on the bus. Praise God. Thank God for a bus captain that keeps putting the scripture in them. Praise God. They ain't singing Yankee Doodle Danny. They're, they're putting the scripture in them all the way here and all the way back. Amen. It's called, a, it's called a bus program, Brother John. You used to preach that all the time. And you used to have it. God bless you. Look at Matthew 28, 18. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, He's about to send them out to be persecuted and martyred and build the church. He says, all powers given unto me in heaven and in earth. Praise God. Folks, it's a promise that God is God. And God is faithful. And God is enough. Amen? And, but, you know, it don't stop there. Look at verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things. Well, let's go ahead and read verse 19. Let's not leave that out. It says, Then go ye uh, therefore and all, teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, teaching them to deserve all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And listen to this. And lo, I am with you when always, even unto the end of the world. And I like this good Baptist biblical word. Amen. Amen. Folks, I want to tell you something. He's called us to face the devil, the world, the flesh. But he hadn't caused us to panic and pout and wandering in the wilderness, and be defeated, and join the world, and have a nervous breakdown with them. God's called us to go into the world, preach the gospel, and what's so great is, He wants to remind you that all power, all authority, is given unto God in heaven, and then He said, I'll go with you. No go, no low. But when you go, there is a low. Low, I'm with you always. Isn't that encouraging? Praise God. Amen. I mean, listen, I want to tell you, you ought to look for somebody to witness to. Because God will speak through His Word. God will speak. The other morning, I, I woke up with this on my heart. I said, i got to go find out where Brother Larry worked out Wednesday morning. And I was calling everywhere, trying to find out, and nobody had his name. Nobody was registered. And um, I finally got a hold of him. He registered in Richard. He, and he exercised the day that God... Uh, put him in the hospital. And he was in shape. He was trying to be disciplined. God bless him. Thank God for that. Most 74-year-olds, the only exercise they have is rock in a chair. Amen? And, and fall out of bed. He was disciplined. I like that about him. But I said, you know something, I want to find out exactly where he is bicycling or whatever he was doing. I want to go to that group and I want to tell them. 
I want to tell him, hey, he won't be back. He'll be in heaven. Hallelujah. By the grace of God, I'm going to do that. I finally located about, about 1030, counseled his membership. I hope that was all right with the family. But I want to tell you something. That group needs to know you can't exercise your way to, into heaven. Right. And no matter how fit or how, 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 how healthy you might think you are, one day it's appointed and a man wants to die, and after this the judgment, but thank God, he'll go with us. Amen. We'll be with him. And it's a shame and disgrace that most people just live just for this world. And so the promise of faithfulness to God. Verse 5, final phrase. We've got to go. Go back to Joshua. It says, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. I'm he's trying to encourage Joshua to have some courage. But look at this. In verse 6, it says, Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide an inheritance, the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. And so folks, listen, there is a promise of absolute victory. What is that victory? God's going to keep His word. God's going to keep His word. Say amen. God kept His word to Brother Larry Thursday. He said, hey, listen, if you... If you trust me as your Savior, one day I'm going to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What a celebration is going on. What a reunion. What rejoicing. Folks, I'm glad God's good as His Word. Say amen. amen. And folks, He's good to save you. If it wasn't for the salvation of God, where would we be? But we shouldn't just bask in our salvation. We ought to go out and tell people that, folks, God will give you victory. Not just in the sweet by and by, but in the nasty now and now. You can be more than victorious. Amen. You can walk with God. Look at verse 6. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people thou shalt divide an inheritance. An inheritance is free. A inheritance is paid for by another. And thank God, in this land I swear unto thy fathers to give thee. He said, I told you that I was going to give you this land, and I'm good as my promise. And the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a promise. Amen. Uh, Tuesday I was preaching at the YDC, just got out of the dentist, and my mouth was numb, and I just said, I hope my heart's not, and I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to preach, and a bunch of men were going to eat, and I'm going to go try to eat some soft tacos or something and get over this dentist. And I just went there, and I started preaching on the love of God, how God would never leave you or forsake you, and how these young people needed the love of God, gave the invitation, and I said, how many of y'all never been saved? Now, I'm not talking about jailhouse religion. Every Tuesday, get saved. How many of you have never been saved, want to get saved? Raise your hand. Three young man and a little lady in the back raised her hand, and then a guard raised her hand, an officer. And I said, oh, she's just probably just trying to be spiritual. Or, you know, religious or something. She, she probably didn't get the invitation. So I said, every head bowed, every eye closed. We prayed a prayer. I said, how many of you really meant that prayer? You trust the Lord as your personal Savior. Raise your head. I don't want no uh, private agents here. We want a public profession. If you really got saved, I want you to raise your hand. Three young men raised their hand. They're in the back. That guard, she raised her hand. The head counselor that's in charge said, hey, listen, if you really got saved, I want you to go into the room. I was leaving, but I wasn't leaving now. 
He said, I want you to go in the room with Brother Wayne and he's going to give you a 30-minute follow-up session on how you can know you're saved. All of you that really got saved. I said, well, these three young men come on with me. We went in a classroom. I looked up. There was that guard in full uniform. Listening closely. Because she just got saved. I'm going to tell you something. God is so good, it'll rub off on the inmates and hit the officers. Amen. We're still praying for Jeremy to get saved. He works over there. No. But uh, thank God. Thank God, folks. The promise is there. He, he'll save anyone that'll call on him. I don't care where you're at or what you are or how much you've got going for you. You need Jesus. Hallelujah. And when you receive Jesus, you get all of him. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. You're walking pretty good. You're with him. You, can't bat, you cannot build a marriage without God. You cannot raise your children without God. You cannot be a blessing without God. You can't have peace without God. You can't even love without God. You're pumping water from a dry well. He's all you need. He's all you'll ever need. And He promised you, He promised you, I will not fail thee, I will not forsake thee. And I promised. I promised you that land. Now claim it with confidence. Let me close. Can I remind you that the same promise is yours? 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. I love these verses. It says, it says For whosoever is born of God overcometh... I'll wait on you. The what? I'll wait on you. 1 John 5, 4. Now, I'm in a hurry, so hurry up now. It says, For whosoever, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the what? World! And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even her faith. This is now. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Amen to his promises. He still keeps His promises. And being fully persuaded that what He has promised, He will, he will able also to perform. He is able also to perform. Romans 4, 21. Folks, He still gives victory today. Greater is He that is in you than He's in the world. He said, who is, who is it? What's, who is it? that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. But don't just believe Jesus for heaven. Believe Jesus for the vict victorious, heavenly life on this earth. Amen. You have peace, joy, purpose. Now let me ask you a question. How do you get in on this? Two words. Trust God. How do you have the victorious Christian life? Two words. Trust God. How do we overcome the enemy? Two words. Trust God. How do we have victory that overcometh the world? Even our faith. Our faith. Trust God. We can learn to place our faith and confidence and trust in God at all times in every situation <clears throat> and then He'll walk with us in victory. and We'll walk with Him in victory. And we'll overcome the world. <clears throat> Let me just give you this in closing. 
How do you please God? How do you please God? You please God by faith. How did all those people in Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, it's impossible to please God except by faith. Believing that He what? He is. Not He was. He is. He's the I am. Not He's going to be. He is. I am. I am the I am. He said, coming to Him, that's prayer. Believing that He is. And what is He? He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Everybody wants a cheap reward. Everybody wants a quick fix. Everybody wants to throw up a flare prayer. Everybody wants to get their prayers answered. Well, I'm going to tell you something, friend. There is a cost. Faith. Faith. God wants you to live by faith. And then we can claim, verse 9, Brother Larry's favorite verse. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. What a verse. But what a God that promised it. It's the word of God. It's a promise from God. We can rest in this assurance that God has promised us eternal life. And thank God that eternal life begins. It begins the moment you trust Him. But then it's experienced, Brother Darrell, every day as you step out by faith. And say, Lord, you didn't call me to wonder. You didn't call me to to pout and panic, you called me to walk with you in the land of victory. It's an adventure. Yes. You know, one thing I loved about Brother Larry, he was an adventurous person. Man, I mean, he, him and Shirley would just take off in the middle of the day and go to Gatlinburg, and I'd be up there sometimes shopping in a shoe store, always trying to find shoes for these feeble feet, and all of a sudden I'd go around the curb, there they were. What you doing up here, brother? I said, I, I, I'm up here on vacation. What you doing? I just come up here for the day. The other day, they went to Brother Gary's funeral. They had, and uh, they, he, said, he said, Tommy, you got to stop. In Marietta, I got this favorite cafe that me and Shirley always went to, and we got to go to the Marietta Cafe or whatever it is. One of real, real nice desserts, I think. Boy, there he is on the adventure. Another day. I was praying over him about an hour before he passed. They just told me, he said, now listen, if he survives this, uh, he'll probably be in the nursing home the rest of his life, probably have a trach. He'll probably be on all, all kinds of life-supporting things. and It's going to be a real change of life. And I really believe that Brother Larry might have overheard that. He might have said, nope, not me, buddy, <laughs> not me. I'm not going to be shackled to some kind of life support. I'm not going to be shackled by some nursing home trach. I'm not going to be shackled by uh, dialysis or anything else. I'm out of here. Amen. And the Bible, and the nurse, and I, was, I went down to the house to check the locks because the family thought they'd left the house so quick they left all the doors open. 
you don't want to do that anywhere in Dalton, say amen. And so I was checking, and then they called me and said, hey, he just passed. And I thought to myself, boy, is he on an adventure now. <laughs> and boy, is he having fun now. And boy, is he seeing some things he ain't never seen before. And he's got Shirley by the hand. He's got he's, he's, he's reunited with uh, Brother Wallace, and he's reunited all the loved ones that's went on before that he loves so much. He's having the time of his life. How can we say that? By faith. Because God's promised it. And how can we experience the victorious Christian life and be faithful to the end in our post of service and not be some pitiful, pouting Christian at home sold up because the preacher didn't shake his hand? I'll tell you how. By faith. Father, in Jesus' name, please use this message. God, help us not to sit back in our blessed assurance pew let the world go to hell. And God, help us not to click in on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, and go home and be defeated, fuss and fight, and fume and manipulate, maneuver, trying to get life. God, help us to be consistent. God, help us to be faithful. Help us to be of good, good courage. God, help us to be of good courage. <clears throat> have peace in our heart. Because you have promised the victorious Christian life for us. God, help us not to live beneath our privilege. God, help us to enter in to the abundancy of life, the crescendo of life, living and walking by faith with you. With every head bowed, every eye closed. <clears throat> I didn't intend to go this long, but boy, your heart's full. you got to overflow. Let me say, preacher, I know I'm saved. If I died today, I know I'd go to heaven. I know for sure that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony to that? I'd be glad you say, say amen. Not just to go to heaven, but have some heavenly peace, joy, purpose on this earth. That's a wonderful blessing. To have prayers answered. To have your place of service in the local church. What a blessing. Several cannot raise your hand. You say, preacher, please pray for me. If I died today, I know I wouldn't go to heaven. If I live tomorrow, I'm going to have to waste it because I'm going to have to live for myself and not for the Lord. And I'm lost and I want to be saved. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer and then back down to anyone? Anyone? God could call you home this week. Never thought, never thought in a thousand days that God would call our brother home. Wasn't on my plan, wasn't on my schedule, it was on God's need to be ready. Anyone? Say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved, but I'd like to be. Have me say, preacher, I can draw closer. I can claim more. And I can yield more. And I can live more by faith than I've ever been before. And I need to. And I want you to pray for me that I'll enter in into the abundant, victorious Christian life. And I don't want to wander another minute. Please pray for me. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? i got to raise mine. I want to, I want to enter in more. I want to submit more. I want to surrender more all over this place. God bless you. God bless you. Now let me just say this in closing. How many know somebody that's wandering in the wilderness, backslidden to the core? I mean, they are so indifferent, they didn't even think about going to church this morning. If they thought about it, they just shugged it off and said, hey, I'm not going to go. Let, let Granny go. And you're burdened for their soul. You're burdened that they're wasting their life. 
you're burdened that they're wandering in the wilderness of self and sin. You want to be, them to be prayed for. And I'll agree with you in prayer for their, for, their, for their walk with God. Would you raise your hand on their behalf all over this place? Yes, all over this place. Somebody knows a son, a daughter, an aunt, an uncle, a dad, a mom, a neighbor, a workmate. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this introduction to this wonderful book called Joshua. Thank you, dear God, that Joshua stepped up. Joshua filled the gap. God, Joshua was used mightily because he and Caleb had a whole lot of faith. <laughs> and God, you let them enter in. God, help us. God, help us. First of all, Lord, I pray for those who are lost and couldn't raise their hand, but I pray for those that admitted they need to draw closer, surrender more. God, increase their faith. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name.